Welcome again to the Lydia Project. I'm Taryn Hayes. Today we're going to be transported to Kenya to speak to an old friend and gospel worker, Alison Mushira. Alison was born and raised in Kenya, but she spent some years at Bible College in Cape Town, South Africa. It is where I met her and had the privilege of growing in friendship and in Christ together. In our chat, Alison shares about trusting God through all circumstances, including her most recent challenge of church planting in Kenya. It has been a joy to chat to her and to hear how God continues to grow and shape her. And I pray that her story will bring you both joy and encouragement as you listen to Alison today. Hi, Alison. It's lovely having you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's a great honor to be here. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to our chat. For our guest's sake, I just wanted to know if it was okay if you could give us a little bit of a background as to who you are. So you're Alison, that's as much as we've got so far, but tell us a little bit more about who Alison is and what Alison does. Okay, so um, I'm Alison Mushira. I'm a born again Christian. I gave my life to Christ as a young girl when I was about 11 years old. And I've steadily walked with the Lord. Of course, I've had my dips and, you know, but but I've loved the Lord for for a long time. I'm married to Isaac Murage, and uh, the Lord has blessed us with uh, four children. Uh, My husband is a pastor at a new church plant at Indiani, and it's called Mamlaka Hill Chapel Diani. Our children are Jonathan, who's 18, Ezra, who's 16, Hannah is 12, and Ruth is six, turning seven this week. I um, currently assist my husband in, in the ministry, and I lead the women's ministry and the children's ministry and anything else in between. So that is me <laughs> currently. I love uh, working with my hands. So I love, I love making jewelry, I love baking, I love cooking, uh, I love making cards, yeah, when I can, yes. When you can squeeze it in between all the hours you're busy doing all the other stuff. Yes, yes, and now I'm a homeschooling mom, I've been a homeschooling mom for about 13 years now, but I've transitioned our boys to uh, what you call uniform school. <laughs> But I have the girls at, at home with me. So you have just shared with us a whole lot of things that have given me many questions just turning around in my mind that I want to ask you with relation to all those things that you've, you've mentioned. But how about we start with how it was that you became a Christian? Okay, so we used to go to, well, my, my mom is a born again Christian. And so she, she instilled Christian values in, in us growing up. And uh, she was part of the Quaker and still is part of the Quaker church. Now the church that we used to go to didn't have Sunday school. And we'd basically just play outside and not really be involved in church. So she made a decision that it's best that we go to a church that has a good Sunday school. And so there was one near us and then one a little bit further away. And we chose the one a little bit further away, which was Nairobi Baptist Church. And so we started going there. And 
that's where I, I, I first heard the gospel through a Sunday school teacher. And I can remember she was crying as she was telling us about the death of, of the Lord and, and how he died and resurrected for us to give us life. But I, I didn't understand why, why was she crying? I mean, you know, what, what does that have to do with me? But I can remember a few weeks later, I, we had moved uh, home, we had moved houses and I, I was asleep and this, the door, the bedroom door was slightly open and I can remember seeing what I thought was a ghost. And I remembered the message and I thought, oh no, I'm going to die. And I guess I had been watching, there, there used to be this cartoon that we used to watch called Casper the Friendly Ghost. So I thought that ghost was going to come and eat me and I was going to die. And I thought, okay, <laughs> if I'm going to die, I might just as well go to heaven. At least I'll know where I'm going. So I can remember giving, you know, asking the Lord to come into my heart and, and asking him to forgive me of all my sins and that I was sorry. And I covered my head ready to die. And I woke up a few minutes later, I was still alive. But then I, I had peace and, and, and then I slept. And for a long time, I thought that, you know, that was it. You know, I just get saved to go to heaven. A few weeks later, or a month later, there was a call for baptism in our church. So, and they said that if you receive Christ, then you should, you know, be baptized. So I got baptized. So in a sense, I knew that, you know, at least if I died, I'll go to heaven. And at least I'm baptized, I've confessed my sins and all. But by and by getting involved, it was until I was, a young team that I got involved in our church's Bible studies. And there I really grew. We had, we used to have a youth Bible study after church, after the youth service. And then we used to have youth group every Saturday. And, and I got involved with that. So slowly by slowly, I grew and slowly understood what it means to be a Christian. And, and I guess it's a lifelong journey. I still am understanding and appreciating what it means to 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 walk with the lord and so that that's and and I, and looking back now i realize that how those songs that we sang the things that we did really formed a good foundation for me to to build you know uh, on what i'm now doing as a christian and learning as a christian mm. uh-huh. That's fabulous. I <laughs> I was having a giggle at how our little minds work here when we're little kids. Yeah. And that the simplicity of the message of the gospel can penetrate our hearts and minds at such a young age, even if we don't mm. know how to flesh it out or fully understand the implications of, of, of Christ's death and resurrection and why, all the reasons why. But God is good and I love how he has kept you and held you and grown you over the years. So that is awesome. That's that's true. Yeah. You were speaking of being a part of a ministry with your husband in a church plant. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Like how it was that you've come to be a church plant where you came from? Yeah. All that goes into making such a big decision. Let me go back a bit. We went I, I served at church for, for some time at Nairobi Baptist Church. Then I eventually got into the children's ministry as a children's ministry coordinator. 
And then um, there's an opportunity to further my studies in children's ministry. And so therefore we went, we came to South Africa. We went to South Africa and that's how you and I met at, at GWC. And so Isaac started the, uh, studied theology and upon completion and, and with an emphasis of, in children's work, we got a job at Mamlaka Hill Chapel City Campus. So he served there for a while. Actually, it's been uh, how many years? 13 years of, of being at Mamlaka Hill Chapel. And a, a few years ago, somebody donated some land to the church here in Diani. And Isaac was then chosen to be the pastor to come and church plant. And so we agreed to the call and found ourselves here. So which was a year ago, actually it will be a year this Thursday that we mm -hmm. came down to church plant. And it, it's truly a walk of faith um, to be able to come and, and plant a church in a place that you don't know anybody. It, it was, I can remember we came, so in, in February last year, we came to see the place and officially agree or disagree to, to come down with, with the team, with the pastor, with the bishop and the, the pastorate team at, uh, the, at the campus. And we now have two campuses. One is all in a place called Ruaka. So we came down and then a few weeks later, I came down to look for a house and, and schools for the children. And I can remember telling the Lord, you know, Lord, I... I'm coming to a place I don't know a single person here, and yet you have asked us to to plant a church. And so we came. Uh, luckily, I got to know of a lady through a friend who who was part of our church and who was here, and I met her, and she was able to introduce me to some some ladies, and by and by we've gotten to know people, and so. We, we came in with the plan of starting like a home group fellowship, get to know people and start meeting around, you know, the Bible in an informal kind of setting. But that, it didn't go that way. There was a lady who hasn't been, who would come to our church online. Uh, during COVID, she would attend the Mamlaka Hill Chapel services. And so she was coming down in, in June and asked Isaac if, where the church is and she wants to come for a service. Of course, we hadn't started. This was two weeks into our coming down. And so we decided, okay, um, let's, let's have a service because you're coming down. We, we might as well just start meeting. And so that's what we did. We had our first service in our sitting room and there were 15 of us, which was oh, just wow. amazing. Yes, it was her, her friend. There was a family who happened to have been coming down to Diani that weekend. And with the six of us, we, we started our first service and we started with the book of Mark, which we've just finished. We finished two weeks ago. So as a church, we have walked through the whole book of Mark, both the children and, and the adults. We decided that what, what the parents, what the big church does, also the children do. 
And so, which was amazing. It's been an amazing journey of seeing God bringing his people. And we have those who have stayed with us. There are those who come once in a while. There are those who came and, and haven't come back. But from a congregation, initial congregation of 15, we are now about 40 people, wow. including children. And so we meet in our home currently. We haven't yet started meeting at the at the site yet. Um, the grounds need to be get gotten ready, but that's that's who we are. So we have now started the book of. Um, we, we are looking through the tenets of Christianity, what is salvation, baptism, all that, and we are using the book of Acts to get to walk through those those tenets of Christianity, and and it's it's been a journey. We have been stretched and then stretched a little more. And then when we think we have been stretched, we are stretched a little bit further. <laughs> and, <laughs> and God has been faithful. He has held our hands through it. We've, we've had some, some really lows and some high highs. And, and God has been faithful. The Lord has been faithful in keeping us through it all. Yeah. Wow, you've mentioned the high highs and the low lows. Mm. What would you say are some of the, the bigger challenges that you weren't expecting from doing a church plant? Some of them have been one which was the hardest was letting go of our boys. Schools here in Diani didn't work out the way we thought they would. They, we had already transited them into school after them finishing their their KCP, which is a local standardized national test after um, standard eight or which is grade eight. And that was the hardest. Isn't standard eight grade 10? Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. So so we we struggled, we struggled to get schools. We tried an online school, which didn't work out. They wanted, they said that if the children would join, then they would have to uh, join the local school and then maybe board and all. So we felt that wouldn't work out. We tried tutors that didn't work out. They weren't regular. So we tried all manner, all manner of things. And then we just realized that we had to let them uh, go. So we started off with Jonathan, who went to back to his former school. We thank God that there was still space. He had chosen music, and so that was important for him to get a school that offered music. So he went back to Nairobi, and he stays with my brother-in-law and his family, Isaac's brother, that is, and his family. And that that was that was hard because as a parent, as parents, we. I felt that and feel that it's important to raise your children, be involved in your children's lives, especially up to 18 and when, when they're going off to college. And so that was difficult. I can remember I felt like I'd been pushed in a corner and I had to, to you know, make a decision and it wasn't the best decision. But I've seen the Lord growing in my heart uh, muscle of letting my children go and praying for them and parenting from a distance which is so different 
it's so different. I can remember sometimes I just cry in my heart and wonder, Lord, yani, is this it? Is is this, you know, yani, it's come to this. But I can remember him saying, you know, I've, I've got you. I've got your children. So letting Jonathan go and then eventually having to let Ezra go a few months later. And Ezra went to, is in another school, which God has provided for us. And he, he stays with my mom, so which is very interesting. Our boys are in Nairobi, but staying with different family members, which we also are thankful for that they are willing to, mm-hmm. to stay with, with the children. And, and they've been very gracious hosts to them. But I also felt that, I think God revealed to me that also being a homeschooling mom, that perhaps I had played God in their life and, and held on to them and not allowed him to, to be God in their life. So, so that was a thing that I, I had seen in my life, that I had to step back and allow God to be God in their lives and not me. And, and the Lord has worked in my life in that area. It's still not easy when my, my heart flutters and, and I feel, hey, is this really the right thing to be doing? Is this really the right type of, the type of parenting I, we had hoped we would be doing? And yet he assures me that he has them. He, he does, he really does. And, and he's watching over them because even if, I'm with them in Nairobi. I'm not with them, you know, all the time. And so I can trust that he will watch over them and he will keep them safe and that he he loves them more than I even do. One of the verses, it's funny that preceding this, it would always come and, and I would wonder, Lord, what, what are you trying to say to me? And that was that the your children will be taught by, by the Lord. And I'd wonder, okay, what, what does this mean, Lord? And I'd pray and, and I felt that maybe this is what you're saying, that I will teach your children, I will take care of them and I, I love them. And so that has been a, an area of growth. Another uh, thing has been, we being the only ones on the ground for the past year has been a big challenge for us, but God has also provided for us. We have seen the past years of ministry have been a training ground for us to grow muscles in areas that we didn't know. And therefore he has helped us grow in that area and, and has provided for us. We, we have also had a team of two couples and a lady who have come alongside us and helped us with with the work and helped us with ideas and all that so that that has been good another challenge has been when people who have been passionate about being here have left that that has been hard and we have had a couple of of those people leave and recently one couple just left about two weeks ago and so you moon for, for that space, you mourn for what could have been with these people. But again, the Lord reminds us that we need to focus on him. The work is his, it's not ours, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's hard being away from family and the 
and friends and everything that was familiar and working. But now we are the ones who have to make it work. So that those have been some of the challenges. And they're not small challenges. That's pretty significant. I, I can just imagine that your prayer life has become far richer and deeper and more regular because yes. you need to rely on him. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so sure. It just sounds like you've had massive highs and lows over this last year. How are your girls adjusting? Well, they, they are well. Ruth would especially, I, I, I noticed, especially when we moved here, she was, she'd be blue. She'd miss her friend. She'd, uh, despite, you know, being at the coast, having a pool, you know, being, you know, with family, but she'd miss her friend. And, and many times she asked, Mom, why did we come here? Why did we come here? And having to, to talk about that and also Hannah missing her friends and, having to learn to make new friends and those friends going and, and then starting again and trying to find, find her footing. And of course, not having her brothers because we have homeschooled for her entire life. So she knows what it means to have siblings around all the time. So that, that has been an adjustment for, for everybody. For, for, for the girls and then now starting to form their own friendship away from their their brothers, which, which has been beautiful. But of course, it's different. They miss their friends. They miss, they, they have people in their house, you know, a lot more than before and for longer periods, especially on a Sunday. But I would say that I've seen them growing. I've seen Hannah being very responsible in the area of serving. And we serve tea every Sunday after church and her, you know, taking on that responsibility with such dedication that if Sunday school is running late, she's like, mom, the service has ended. I need to go and set <laughs> up. So, so that has been amazing just to see her take responsibility and Ruthie always asking on a Sunday morning, how can I help? And everybody having their duties to, to prepare on a Sunday morning to, to get church ready. And, and she's, Hannah is now starting to help Isaac with, with the media because Ezra had, had uh, been involved. I, I forgot to say some of the highs have been that our children were able to be part of the church plant and help set up systems and figure out how to do stuff because we, we don't have a music team. And so the boys were able to figure out how to split the music from the videos and set up and, you know, do, do that. So we have grown as a family in, in that area. I, I would say we have grown. We have grown closer. We have grown in serving together. I love to hear that. I love hearing about how families work together and grow together and especially mm. in terms of ministry you know when I when I look at families at our churches or you know, people I know in our homeschooling circles and and so on there's a great joy in witnessing families do ministry together and it's not just a great joy to witness it's a great joy to see how it grows the young people as you, as you spoke about your daughter having that responsibility and 
stepping into responsibility and kind of stepping up to their expectations. And so often young people don't have that because we don't want to burden them with responsibilities. And, and yet it's exactly those things that helps to grow them and to give them ownership over, over their own Christian lives and walks, whether it's in the way of service or whether it's in understanding God's word. Or as you speak about earlier, when you were saying about your boys being under God's care, and he is working in their lives separate from you. And as hard as that is, it's also so, so good because God is giving them those challenges to grow them and to, yeah, to, to bring them to an understanding of who they are in Christ separate from their parents. So as hard as that is for us parents, it's such a wonderful and a good thing to that's true. I think one of the things that I have had to pray about is, um, as a parent, I guess you see some of the loopholes, the weaknesses. And so there's praying over that and also not, there are times I've felt guilty. I, I, I'm like, oh, I should have done better in this area. I should have done this and I should have done that. But then also just really realizing that I, I can't do everything. And at the end of the day, they are God's children and that he is able to fill in those gaps where I haven't. And just to trust him and to pray for them. That's, you know, total surrender, I think, is something that I've learned. Total surrender and leaning on to Jesus to be the one who is, because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I pray that my children will, own that faith for themselves absolutely and love the lord absolutely so you've been doing a lot of children's ministry and women's ministry and being in kenya culturally things are quite a bit different i imagine to here in australia although i think there probably there's probably some significant overlap but what would you say are some of the biggest things that are facing children today in Kenya that you would want to, that you, you know, that the concerns you, burdens your heart, has you on your knees before the Lord? What are, what are the things that you worry about for young people today? Okay. One, I think is exposure, in a, in appropriate exposure. I think with the internet, you find a lot of children are, are exposed to pornography and things that they shouldn't really be uh, looking at. The other thing is, well, parents who are not present, and I guess it's just the pressures of life, where uh, parents are forced to work long hours to be able to make ends meet, or you know, there's a pressure of you've got to keep up with the Joneses, and therefore, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure, or because of trying to make ends meet, parents might stay a little bit further from work and therefore they're not able to get home in good time and all that so there's just parents are not available for their children and so children are growing up pretty much on their own and not being able to be parented by their parents and just the the influences that come with that the long school hours unfortunately are a major thing so children do not have time to be children anymore you you have long hours 
in school and also over the weekend, um, Saturday classes are, are a major thing here. So, so children are not allowed to be children. And then also slowly by slowly, I realized that the culture of, of exposing the, your children to God is slowly by slowly dying, not as many parents are going to church anymore or teaching the children, their children the word of God. So when we, were, when we were growing up, God was a central part of, of our lives, whether you went to church or not, but you know, he was there and people acknowledged him, but slowly by slowly, we are, we are moving away from that as a society. So yeah. that, that, that is something that we see a lot happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It actually sounds very similar in many ways to what's happening in Australia. Our children are, are being raised by the internet and raised by a culture outside of the home. And it, it makes it really difficult for parents to raise children in the, in the way of their family culture when they can't be there, they can't be present. Yes. And the, the mm. internet is so prevalent. It's so insidious in the way it gets into children's hearts and minds. It does, and, and it's slowly, and even for us at, as adults, we slowly uh, change the way we perceive things and think things. And, and we then, with children, they'll want to copy what is their lifestyles that do not actually glorify God or are, are, are just lived on the internet. They're not real. So that, that's something that is prevalent here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I experienced the same here. And, and in South Africa, you know, I was certainly experiencing that when we lived there as well to, to a degree. So what would you say are the things that we as Christians can do as Christian mothers, Christian teachers, church members and congregation members, and just people in society who are Christians? What can we do? to help children to not just recognize the, the dangers of internet and, and other just very unhelpful cultural practices, but also to recognize that Jesus is king and to choose a life where they are surrendering to, to Jesus and the cross and yes. wanting to live for him. It's, it's not easy if they don't come into your home or into our churches. How do you think we can reach them? What, what would you suggest? Well, I think one, one would be to welcome them into our home and let them see you living a life of Christ that honors Christ and, and also share the gospel with them. All. And that's something I would do where we used to stay. I would, I would allow children to come in to our home and just be in that environment and, and then maybe talk about the Lord or read a book or something like that, or just, you know, be in that environment. Sometimes it would, it would get overwhelming, but we do that. But I think by trying to reach out to the parents and, and talk to them about Christ and come up with also programs in our society that can allow children to come in and, and hear about the gospel. So, come up with activities that can allow the gospel of, of Christ be shared with, with these children. I know it's, it's difficult to do school programs where we can go into schools. I know that happens 
from time to time here in Kenya where an organization is allowed to go into a school and share the gospel and, and have programs for the youth or for the children. And I feel that that is a very powerful way to reach the children where they are and they are able to hear the gospel. Mm. So things like that. Those are all good. Dis- uh, sorry, those, those are all great suggestions. And they all require a level of moving outside of our comfort zone and, you know, sacrificing our time and our, our leisure. It's so easy to put lip service to these things, but to actually do them requires sacrifice. It requires getting into the community and, and inviting the community into our homes. And that's not always easy to do, but it's, it's necessary and it's good and it's rewarding. What would you say is keeping you standing firm and growing as a Christian? All right. So the fact that I've got no one else out there apart from God and the world will show me things that are attractive and that could, could easily work, but I know it doesn't because I've seen it not work. It is, it's sinking sand. And I, I feel that having, being a, a Christian from a young girl and just going through the tenets of, of it and also at times not, you know, wanting to, to walk with the Lord and then seeing that it's empty and then just having the joy of walking with him, that keeps me as well as having studied the word for, for a while, reading my Bible on a regular basis. I wish it, it would be daily. I, I won't lie and say it's every day, but, but you know, knowing that, that uh, communing with the Lord on a daily basis is important. So prayer, and, and I do pray a lot, and reading the word, Bible study, fellowshipping with other believers also just keeps me going. I, I love singing hymns, and sometimes when I'm, I'm down, I'll just get a hymn and, and sing it, and it really encourages me to keep on keeping on, so to speak. One of my favorite hymns is In Heavenly Love Abiding, it, it talks about that uh, no change shall shall turn me back, and and God is doesn't change, and I can trust Him, and so that that often you know will will keep me going. Just knowing that Jesus is coming back, you know that this world is passing away, and He's coming back, and there's so much joy that awaits me. This world is temporal, but there's something that is permanent and it's better than, than this. So that keeps me going. That keeps me going. I, I do doubt. I, you know, there are seasons where I doubt and I'm like, hey, Lord, is this it really? But, but then he reminds me, you know, no, this, this is not it. And there's more. And the trials that I'm going through are just are passing. They're not forever. And if when my time comes, you know, I'll have finished my work and, and that he's waiting for me. What a wonderful thought. What a wonderful thing to trust in. I'm encouraged by that. You've also mentioned that Psalm 73, 23 to 28 is quite inspiring to you. 
And you've also mentioned uh, Ephesians 2.10. Would you be willing to read either of those or one of those? Yes. So Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The verse has been really significant for me because there was a time in my life when I just life just felt like a struggle and and I can remember going for this retreat and this verse popped out and it it kind of just resonated with me that that I am God's workmanship created in Christ it it just lifted me up at that point and it helped me realize that God has intentionally put me together in Christ and that he has work for me to do. And, and that work is kingdom related. It's not just, just good things, but very specific things that God wants me to do that he has created beforehand. I, I, I always think of when God said, and let there be light, that at the foundation of the earth, that he created things for me to do then. And not just me, but all of us. And and that I should walk in them. And so this really has encouraged me over the years. I see that happening right now with the church plant, that I didn't know that I'd ever plant a church, be be part of a church plant. But yet I look back and I see that God has prepared me as a young girl. Uh, Our fellowship was called Karibuni, and Karibuni was so instrumental. We used to we were, we were 12 to 18 year old singing to the Lord and fellowshipping and serving each other and going for camps and all that. I don't remember everything, but I do know that, that it was so significant in just building the foundation and preparing me to be able to mm-hmm. serve right now and everything that I've gone through, each and everything prepares me for what I'm doing right now and what I'm doing right now is preparing me for something else in the future I don't know what it is but it is a a sure foundation that the Lord is is working in in my life and in me and in the life of my children and and my family for whatever it is that he has prepared so that that for me is my always Mm. go-to verse to continue yeah working and walking in him Ephesians 2 verse 10 very encouraging and very true and just something to really hold on to I think for all of us to know that everything that what you said about everything that we have done God has used to prepare us for what we need to do now and everything that we're doing now for the sake of his kingdom is ultimately preparing us for the next thing and that we can trust him for whatever that is Yes, exactly. And our lives, you know what Paul says, that we are not our own. We are truly not our own. We are, we are Christ's workmen. And, and our lives are, are to be, bring glory to, to God. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is that he allows our way, whatever it is, it is to the glory and honor of, of his name. So... It's, it's sometimes scary that death could be, you know, just around the corner. Mm. But 
that that's what it is. That's that's what it is, and he's sovereign. And yet it is his love that allows that. Yeah. yeah, totally true. Well, I could keep chatting for 100 years, but it probably wouldn't be wise because I've got to get to kids in a, in a second. But is there anything else that has really resonated with you that you would love to share with others? I think as I was talking, I just remembered of a prayer that I've often made that especially that we have been here, we have been moved and our family dynamics have changed and we were here a bit with the children. One of my prayers has been that God help me to serve you in a way that will attract my children to you. So that is my current prayer that, that help me serve you so that my children will not be drawn away from you, but will be drawn to you. So that that is something that's my prayer for this season and that that the lord will keep them the lord will keep them yeah that's a beautiful prayer and worthy of us praying it helps us also to be mindful of how we serve because we can serve with a poor attitude and yet we can also serve with an attitude that brings joy and and glory to god and it's vastly different and our kids are watching yeah. Yeah. For, since my children were very little, one of my prayers has been, Lord, will you save my children to love you and honor you and serve you the rest of the, their days because of my parenting and in spite of my parenting? Because the reality is that no matter what I do, it's not going to bring them to faith because of things that I do. It is really the Lord at work in their hearts. But I'm called to raise them in obedience to the Lord. And that is parenting as Christians. That's what it looks like. And so I recognize that it's not me that saves them. It is the Lord that saves them. It is how he uses me as a parent. And I'm going to fail. And, <laughs> and if I have to gather together all the instances where I have failed as a parent or failed to model Christ to them, it would be plenty, plenty. And it's, you know, if I had to rely on that to save my children, I would be very, very sad. And so like you, it's, it's a prayer that the Lord will save our kids and to, in his grace, to use us as we try to be obedient to him. Yes, that's true. And God honors us. I believe he does honor those prayers. He does. And, yeah. and worth praying for the next generation as well, because the things that you've done today that God has prepared you for further down the line could well be your children's children and their children. And we, we, we're part of a legacy of bringing others around us to an understanding who, who Jesus is and at least bringing our families to, to know the word and to understand it um, and praying that the Lord will bring about regeneration of their hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I add hmm. one more thing about just being a church planter's wife has also taught me the importance of, and, and it's an area that I'm growing in, is being vulnerable enough with the congregation so that I don't portray this perfect woman, you know, that I have it all together. So that that is also an area of growth for me, a personal area of growth and allowing people in my space and being vulnerable mm. and sharing my life. So that, that is an area of growth that for this season, 
for yeah. me as alongside Isaac and supporting him and praying alongside with him and and with him and mm-hmm. for him and um, yeah there are many many lessons that aren't this past year isn't it incredible i mean you, you we are, we're we're women in our middle years i suppose just we can say and and yet god is still teaching us these incredibly big lessons and will carry on teaching us and how grateful we can be that he, yes. he keeps growing us yeah we we keep on growing until until he calls us yes. and that's so <laughs> and that's how that's really how it should be i i i don't remember who said this to me but i can't, I can't even remember exactly how they phrased it but the concept was that there are many much older people who are still very young because they've never matured because they never grew in their character and who they are. And, and even amongst Christians, there will be Christian people who never sought the Lord to grow. They, they've accepted Jesus's death and resurrection and they've put their trust in him, but they have struggled in growth and, and are not mature in Christ and you know, haven't grown in character, you don't see the evidence in their lives, kind of thing. And of course, that brings into the question about their salvation as well. But the point being that we've got to allow the Lord to grow us and mature us. And it's a process that requires vulnerability, as you were speaking about. It requires us to to examine our hearts and to admit that we're wrong or to be vulnerable with others and and ask them to hold us accountable and all those things that well, not easy to do when our prideful hearts want to assume that we've got it together. So good for you, for your growth this year. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah so thank you for chatting with me. <laughs> thank you for having me. This has been a privilege and an honour to, to do this. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary. 